Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. About 10 years ago, um, I remember standing in uh, at the front of my church I was in at the time, and I thought I looked pretty good, to be honest. I had a nice, nice shirt on, I had a nice pair of jeans, cool trainers, my hair was sorted, I'd had it sh- straightened it all across and looked right uh, that morning and um, I was standing there and I had my super cool translucent blue Les Paul uh, that I had back then uh, ready to play in the worship band you know I sort of saw myself as the cool guitarist in the worship band and this girl walked in and I was way away um, over at the back end of the hall the other end of the hall and she walked in and I just had this moment as I looked across, I was like, ah, there's something different about this moment, something different about me now. And I, 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 um, I was standing there and I was quite offish and I was um, trying to process in my head talking to this girl. And um, whilst at the same time processing the thought, like, Actually, everything's different. I felt God speak to me in the moment. It's like, this is it. You know, this is it for you. This is this is the plan I've got for you. And uh, I remember saying, really now, God, because it, it you know it didn't seem like the best time for me, and, and other things going on and stuff. Um, but there was this realization that in this moment, that everything needed to change. This encounter with this girl would change everything in my life, and. My life was different from that moment on. I had a different purpose, a new purpose. And uh, everything I did after that was impacted by that encounter. As it transpired, that girl is now my wife, um, my dear wife, Karen. And uh, we've now got two children. We've got a house. We've got a fantastic church that we're a part of. Um, and uh, everything is is different than it would have been had I not had that one moment of encounter. There was another moment in my life where everything changed. And those who know me know I like my motorbikes. Most people know that I like most things petrol powered. Um, I love my motorbikes. And um, another moment that changed in my life, just this one moment, this one encounter, this one situation changed everything, was when I was going down the road and I braked and the wheels locked, I hit a tree. And I flew off and I landed badly on the ground, on the road. Uh, and it transpired, I had a, uh, two broken bones in my back. And um, that moment changed me. The realisation that I wasn't immortal um, led me to a really dark place, a really, a really difficult place where I was questioning my identity, who am I, why did this happened to me, and all these sorts of questions. And... Um, it just caused me to question everything in my life. And so from that moment, from that quite literal impact of hitting the road, or bike hitting the tree, me hitting the road, everything after I was, was different, was changed. And that impact changed my life forever. One moment was all it took. One encounter was all it took to change my life. And I think we all have moments like that in our lives, whether it's an encounter with a wonderful person that changed your life, uh, or a motorbike wreck that made you consider everything afresh. You know, good and bad things impact us 
And because of that one moment, everything's different from that moment on, from that time on, everything has changed. And I think we all have, um, you know, we all have those moments. Um, and how those moments affect us, it, it, it differs from person to person. Um, but one thing's for sure, when we have a moment like that, we're never the same again. We are changed people. I don't know about you, but have you, have you ever considered what life would be like if one of your key life experiences hadn't happened? You know, whether good or bad. Have you ever thought about um, what would be different without that experience? What might you have missed out on? What might you have done differently? But because of that one thing, everything was changed. Everything was different. people who had their lives changed forever by an encounter was the people of Israel when they encountered God at Mount Sinai. Last week I shared from the Exodus story of how God saved Israel from, from three things. Saved them from destruction, thirst and hunger. He saved them from destruction by the Egyptian army uh, which came after them with chariots and they were wiped out. I was wiped out by the sea as it crashed back down. Uh, he saved them from thirst as they went into the, the wilderness and wandered three days without finding water. The first water they did find was bitter and God miraculously turned it into pure water for them to drink and then led them to a fantastic place where there was uh, plenty of water. And he saved them from hunger. He rained down manna from heaven uh, and provided bread, uh, meat for them as well. Manna in the morning and bread in the evening. God saved them from three times. They could have uh, been destroyed, could have been, could have died from thirst or starvation. God saved them. And for three months after that, all those experiences, they brought them to the base of Mount Sinai, where they camped in front of the mountain. Um, I'm going to read from Exodus 19, uh, and I'm missing a bit out in the middle, but it gives us an idea of what's going on at the time. It says this. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you would indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, and the people may hear when I speak to you, with you, and may also believe you forever. Uh, verse 16 says this, uh, on, onwards says this, On the morning of the third day there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. 
And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Moses went up the mountain, and God told him the covenant he'd made with Israel. Uh, to say that he would make them uh, a, king, a kingdom of priests, and his God's own possession. And the people turn to God, and they commit to follow God in obedience. Uh, they, they choose to do that uh, as they stand out at the mountain. And God met with them at Sinai. He came in the smoke and the thunder, and they encountered him there. Their lives were changed through an encounter with God. And, and God gave them a new identity. As I've said, you know, he made them into a holy nation, a nation set apart, a nation from all the nations in the world. Out of all the nations in the world, God chose this one, and he set them apart as holy. He set them apart to be a kingdom of priests, to be a royal priesthood. He set them apart to be his own, God's own treasured possession. He cared greatly about the real treasure and this reminded me uh, in the New Testament, where Peter writes in 1 Peter 2, in a similar way to how it's re things are recorded in Exodus. There's a, a, a similarity in the language, uh, which I love. Um, and uh, it's Peter's writing to uh, Gentile people. Um, and it says this in 2, 9 to 10. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When we look back to the Exodus story, um, Israel access um, those that, those that new identity through coming to God at the mountain and then following uh, the law that he gave them to follow, doing all the things that he told them to do. Today, we don't access this through fulfilling the law, but instead through the one through whom the law was fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled the law completely. He didn't sin once. He got nothing wrong. He was completely perfect. He fulfilled the law. And, and he was utterly sinless. He never did anything wrong. And yet he went to the cross to bear the weight of sin. Not his sin, but ours. And his pure, spotless, sinless self could go to the cross. His body could go to the cross on our behalf to bear the weight of our sin. And when we come before Jesus, like Israel came before the mountain, we find God accessible to us. He's still utterly holy and mighty. He's still the same God of the fire and the smoke, but he's entirely accessible to, to us. And when we declare him king over our lives, and we declare Jesus, Jesus king over our lives, and we choose to follow him obediently, everything in our lives changes. One moment of turning to Jesus and everything changes. There's a new perspective for us. 
And not only that, the old has gone, the new has come. We are a new creation. We are made new in him. As we come into his possession, we come in, into life following him, being obedient to him. Um, it's like an immigrant coming into citizenship of a new kingdom. If someone comes from France and moves to England and wants to be English or British, they can go through a process to become British. Um, they get a new identity. Their passport no longer says uh, uh, nationality French, it says British. Um, and they get an opportunity for a new start and a new life. Um, and yeah, new opportunities through this new identity. And we too, as Christians, those who believe, have a new identity, have a new nationality. Our citizenship is no longer Britain. Our citizenship is a heavenly citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. We get an opportunity for a new start, a new life, and a new life that we can live to the full because of the good work that Jesus has done for us. One encounter changes everything. And as we join this kingdom, we are given a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, who's the seal of our hearts of our salvation and the equipping manifest presence of God's power living within us to help us and guide us in our heart, in our lives. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit um, present with us and working in us for good. I don't know about you, but when it, when I see the Bible talking about me as being, you know, being owned by God, being His possession, it might make you feel a little bit funny. Uh, you might have a bit, be a bit offish towards it. It might impact your view of yourself and God. But I, I find real comfort in the fact that it's a, we are God's treasured possession. It's a beautiful word. You know, we become His cared for possession. We are loved and cherished by Almighty God. It's not about losing freedom, but instead gaining it as we walk into the fullness of who we're meant to be, who we're called to be, who God has made us to be. Being his possession means we're chosen and loved by him. Out of everyone in the world, he chose people like me. If you're a believer here today, he chose people like you. If you're not yet a believer, Maybe he's chosen you. It's just waiting for you to fancy him. So we become God's treasured possession when we come to faith in him, in Jesus. We get to be a royal priesthood. That means we get direct access to God through Jesus. We come through Jesus to God. We can, he hears our prayers. He, he knows us by name. He calls us. And we get to worship and enjoy him. The Westminster Catechism, which is um, a whole load of questions and answers on, on God's relation, what, who, who God is and man's relationship to God. Uh, it says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And that's our new role as priests of the Most High. We get to worship him, love him, be obedient to him, enjoy the freedom that he gives us and live in the fullness of that. We get to have great joy in him. 
Uh, and we get to point others to him as well, which is just amazing to be able to point someone to the glory of God and to exalt him and, and um, see people's lives change through turning to him. So we become God's treasured possession, we become a priesthood, we become priests who minister and worship God, minister to and worship God, and we become part of a holy nation, no longer part of this, not, no longer this world, but instead our citizenship is elsewhere. We, we are a people who have a citizenship in heaven uh, with God. Um, we are his people now. Um, and also we're a people with a mission. At the end of Matthew, there's the great commission uh, that Jesus gives to his disciples to go into all the world, making disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we get that same mission. It's ours too is to keep going and, and telling people about God, proclaiming his glories, singing of his excellencies to everyone. Yeah, we get to live our lives in the freedom that comes from knowing God. We get to know the Father through Jesus. We get to know the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us day by day. And his Holy Spirit, he, he comforts us and empowers us for times like this, times where we feel like we're in trial, and hardship. The worry about the coronavirus going around at the moment, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit will be with you. If you turn to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will be with you. He will be your peace. He will be your comfort. He will be your encourager. And um, he leads you moment by moment. He enables us to have uh, a new perspective, a heavenly one, one that means that we consider the difficulties of this time as nothing compared to all we get to enjoy in Jesus. It truly is amazing to think, whatever's going on around me, I can get through because of him, because of what I have in him, eternal life and the presence of God in our lives. We get to live our lives sharing God's love and the gospel of Jesus with everyone around us. Maybe today that's, that's tricky because we're stuck in our homes, but maybe God's got someone he wants you to share his love with today. Who's he putting on your mind today to call or to help? Maybe you talking to that person today is that one life-changing moment in their lives. Maybe you should pick up the phone today.